Welcome to Golf Better at Edwin Watts Golf. Episode number 80. Hello everyone, my name is Tom Brissell. Thanks so much for listening in. We say this all the time, whether you're a first-time listener or a long-time subscriber to the show, we're glad you're with us. Speaking of long-timers, sitting in with me this week is senior buyer Mike Clue out of the purchasing department. Mike, thanks for sitting in this week. Well, I'm, I'm glad to sit in, and thanks for uh, offering. I, I can't believe you guys are at 80 already. It's amazing. Yeah, we're creeping up on triple digits, but uh, Kenny's out, had a little bit of a surgery, minor surgery. They they say it's only minor when it's somebody else, but he's recovering nicely, and uh, we talked to him today, and... Uh, if you guys want to cheer Kenny up a little bit, hit that Ask Kenny button on your screen. When you normally send him a question, send him a get well note. But uh, it's great to have you in. And uh, we've got two majors in the books. Third one right now. Today is Thursday when we're recording this. And it's kind of benign over there this morning. We had some low scores. Yeah, it's uh, absolutely uh, amazing. I haven't had a chance to really dig deep into the scores yet. But I uh, look forward to getting home and uh watching uh, the replays and uh, looking forward to this weekend and turning it on and just sitting and vegetating. And probably a little closer to your heart, you got to watch some golf personally here, a big junior tournament out here where your young son is playing in his first tournament. How was that? It was very interesting. Uh, it was great to see all the kids out there uh, enjoying themselves and having fun and seeing the nerves and, and thinking back and remembering uh, the very first time uh, I played in a tournament and heard my name uh, being called <laughs> on the first tee. It was uh, quite enjoyable and, and, and look forward to many more. And the main thing is they're having fun, right? Yeah. Absolutely having fun. And, man, I'll tell you, there are some fabulous, fabulous great young golfers out there that, with no fear. Uh, I think there was two 13- or 14-year-olds shot even par yesterday. There's a defending champion, uh, Brandon Jowers, uh, sh- shot 67, and I talked. He said he sh- could have been a 64, and it's just like that's amazing. And he shot 64 last week, and a junior amateur qualifier up in Birmingham. Another kid, Jack Sargent, five under after six as he started his round yesterday. So they got some players. That's yeah. absolutely. But the main thing is the little ones like like your son Adam out there having fun and enjoying it. Absolutely, it was uh, quite a uh, a task to uh, not want to coach him, but uh, it was it was fun to see him smiling from ear to ear. Well, let's get to the task at hand. With Kenny being gone, we went and raided his inbox because he gets lots of questions, and he he prides himself on answering each of those individually. But we like to pull some of them out to share with our entire listening audience. We got four or five here that are pretty good, and we'll just we'll just go ahead and dive right into them if you're ready, Mike. Sure. First one is from John Hagelman from A Leaf, Texas. He said, "Dear Kenny, thanks for uh, all you do with the show. It's very entertaining. I bought my first hybrid." And I'm just starting to hit it, and I'm kind of caught in between two things. Should I sweep the club like a like a fairway would, or should I hit a descending blow like an iron? But I don't think there's really a wrong answer there, is there, Mike? Well, I don't think there's a really a wrong answer, but I think that the best results will be if you sweep it and, and, and hit it uh, like a fairway would. And I think you'll probably play the ball up a little bit further in your stance uh, than you would an iron, but... Um, you know, I don't think there's a right answer or a wrong answer. A lot depends on uh, on your swing. But I know for me personally, I always sweep it and have the best results uh, from doing it that way. One of the shots that I noticed when, when I first hit the hybrid, I don't know, five, six years ago when I first put one in my bag, was a shot out of the rough. And that's where you have to have that descending blow. And it's that's where it kind of feels like it's almost like cheating. Because if you hit that shot with a two or three iron, it may turn over in your hands. It may not. It was kind of a, a, a gotcha. But with a hybrid, it just seems to jump right out. It does. A, a tremendous uh, uh, 
uh, bounce off the club face and uh, the the height that you get is the one that's absolutely amazing to me. You know, that local uh, par 3, uh, 13, where if you kind of hit a little bit left and you got to go over the trees, and I remember having, you know, 5-iron, 6-iron trying to go to the green and 2, and you're looking up trying to decide, well, can I get over that tree? Can I not get over that tree? You grab a hybrid. It doesn't matter if you're in the rough or not. That thing will flat just clear to the trees, and that it is. It's almost like cheating. You know, John, another place to, to think about hitting the hybrid, and we talk about around the greens and all, is a chip shot, but – if you've got a short par four and you know you've got to hit a fairway, boy, put that sucker on a tee. And like you said, Mike, sweep it. It's amazing how straight and how many fairways you can hit. And you get pretty good distance out of it, not far behind the fairway wood. Yeah, I think you get a lot further distance out of it than people think they are. And, and actually, Tom, you bring up a great point of chipping with it. It's one of the things I worked with my son on this weekend. It's so amazing to see how many golfers struggle with that that 30, 40 yards in the end. And, you know, got the old bump and run shot, and it doesn't get any easier than with that hybrid. Well, John Hagelman out in A-Leaf, Texas, I hope we answered your question. Sweep it if you've got a good life. You're in the rough, maybe come down on it a little bit. Use it around the greens, but then also off the tee. Don't don't forget about that one because you can really up those percentages of fairways hit if if you don't pull that driver out on a tight par four and you and use the uh, use the hybrid. Thanks, John, and we'll get that we'll get that golf better hat out in the mail to you. A second one is from David Goldstein in Woodland Hill, California. He goes, I register for the podcast drawings all the time. I haven't won before, but I'm wondering, how do you, how do you draw these names out of a hat? That's a, that's a pretty good question, David, because actually when you have three, four, five hundred names, it's really impossible to, to put them all in the hat. What we do, and we've had this question asked before, and I've answered it individually, it goes electronically into a spreadsheet, and we'll have item one through item Oh, 400, 500 or whatever. And then we use a random number generator. The one we use is a program called random.org. And you plug in the first number, plug in the last number and bingo, you've got your random number right there. So if you ever, if you're a card shark or anything and looking for random numbers, random.org is the one that we use. But I guess Mike, you and I might be here like we're uh, stickering things to go to our new stores. We might be here till the middle of the night if we're trying to cut and put individual numbers into a hat. Well, Tom, I didn't realize that's what y'all did. I thought that's what you did do is uh, cut them and put them in a hat. That's why we're here late at night. But, David, that's going to earn you the Golf Better podcast cap. So we will. We got your address from your registration, and we'll get that out in the mail to you. Our next question, Mike, is from a gentleman, Gary Griggs in Bossier City, Louisiana. He goes, guys, I was just wondering why more players don't use graphite shafts in their irons. I'm getting up on the senior age, and I'm and I'm thinking of going from steel to graphite. I wonder why more players don't do that. I started thinking about this, Michael. I mean, you're you're in the purchasing department. You supply the stores. You supply here. What percentage of drivers go out here with graphite shafts? I would say almost all 100%. of them. And what percentage of drivers on tour graphite shafts? I'd probably say almost all of them. Fairways, probably all of them. Hybrids. Uh, that one's probably a little bit more mixed, just because some uh, folks like a little bit heavier or weighting, but. You know, with graphites now, you can, you can get some pretty heavy graphite shafts. Uh, probably 75, 80%. It's a, it's, it's still a and very on high tour, number. tour about the same, you think? The guys that play graphite in hybrids on tours? Probably. The reason I'm kind of setting you up here. I'm just wondering if, if maybe the reason a lot of people don't do it is because of what they see the best players in the world playing. And I mean, a lot of people can benefit, benefit from graphite shafts and irons, can't they? They absolutely can. And I, I think, Maybe graphite shafts kind of go back to, to when they first came out. I'm not sure that the, the quality was exactly uh, uh, up to par and where it should have been. 
You're talking about in the 70s and all? That, yeah. Absolutely. I don't think the quality of graphite shafts was uh, where it was. I, I remember I had a old set of clubs, and I won't name the name of the company, and I hit the 8-iron exactly the same distance as I hit the 5-iron. I never could figure it out, and, and, and you know, it was, it was the graphite shaft was what it was. Graphite has come so far now, the consistency that I highly recommend, uh, especially low uh, club head speeds. Go out, get yourself, get fitted, get the right graphite shafts. I'll tell you, it saves on your joints. Um, your distance will increase. It's, it's just fabulous. A lot less vibration in the hands. And like you said, much more consistent. Probably one of the things that we try to tell people to do once once they get fitted for clubs, and then they're looking to narrow in on the brand, as we say, get a get three or four different brands of six irons and take those to the range and whatever, and and get your preference, get your look, get your feel. But probably if you if you think you're on that border, take that one step further if you can do this, and take that the club you narrow it down to, and take a steel shaft six iron, and take a graphite shaft six iron or eight iron or whatever you prefer. And see how it works for you, because I think I think you're going to be pleasantly surprised if, if if you're on the fence or even thinking about it. Now, if your swing speed is way up there, you're up there with the tour players, and it's a bit, and, and you're looking for you know forged clubs, perfect distance every time, and you've got the swing to back that up. Then maybe it's not the right thing for you. But graphite in the years has snuck its way into into drivers, fairways, and hybrids, and it's it's kind of going down, getting down that way toward irons. It absolutely is. I think the other thing that keeps people from Buying graphite shafts is just the price, and and I think the, the the up you know the up charge in the shafts is well worth it. I mean, if most people keep irons in their bags anywhere from five to seven to ten years, and you know it's just like a car. If you're if you're gonna buy something, and you're gonna have it for the long haul. You know, go ahead and upgrade to the XM radio. Go ahead and get those leather seats. Uh, it's just a small uh, uh, price to pay. You know, to to get that feel and get that comfort that you want, because I, I'm like Tom. I think if you take the six iron and steel out there, and you take the graphite, when you walk away, you'll say, "Wow, this graphite feels so good." It's almost effortlessly uh, comes off the of the face, and I think the distance uh, will be much further. In Mike, in a, in a new set of irons that we sell here, the your difference between graphite for the set and steel for the set, if you're saying four through pitching wedge or something like that, are you looking? Hundred dollars, maybe two hundred. Uh, anywhere events. from a hundred to two hundred dollars. Yeah. yeah. So it's not that much. It, it, but if if you're in this for the long haul and you're going to play with these clubs a few years, and you're getting up there in age or mileage or whatever, it might something you want to consider. Absolutely, I, I highly recommend. Matter of fact, we, when we've been uh, talking to the manufacturers uh, uh, the past couple, I'd say almost going on five years now, just talking to them about making graphite more of a part of their advertising. In, in in their marketing, whether it, you know, I'm not talking about television ads, but just some of their print ads and, and some of the things that they do on their websites, you know, to let people know how important it is uh, and the comfort that it's going to bring to them. And I uh, heard a trivia question a while back, not sure if it's true or not, but I'm pretty sure it is. The last tour player to play uh, 14 clubs in his bag, graphite shafts, all the way down to the putter. Mm, that's a great one. I don't, Pictures I don't hanging in our hallway over by our office. Phil Mickelson with Yonex, and he put the graphite shaft in the putter. And 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 back then, like you were saying, Mike, that's a different graphite shaft than what you'll see out there today, as far as consistency. Yeah, the quality is, is so much better uh, now, and and it's uh, you know that's actually a great thing. I I, I remember watching uh, them lay some graphite shafts, and anybody ever gets an opportunity to to watch them uh, build a set of graphite shafts, I saw them. At Wilson, build some graphite shafts and uh, some tennis rackets. Really neat. The, 
you know, the technology they have in, in uh, cutting the, the graphite and laying, uh, you know, all the grains and really awesome. Well, Mr. Griggs in Bossier City, Louisiana, we will get that podcast cap out to you. And thanks for your question. It brought quite a bit of discussion. Mike, our last question is from Tom Swacker in Conroe, Texas. He said, I heard TV announcers mention on the tour during an event that the, the player was using a belly wedge. What what exactly is that? It's it, it's it's an interesting shot, and it's one you can practice, and it's one that can also help your putting. And, and what the belly wedge is, what they're saying is when the ball – when the ball is on the putting surface, but right up against the fringe, you've got a dilemma there. You know, if, if you put your putter behind it, the putter is going to be resting high. If you try to press the putter down, you you risk dragging it on your backswing, and you want to get something to get the ball rolling consistently. A shot that was, I think, it began with Trevino back in the '80s, is the belly wedge. And what you do is you take the sand wedge. You don't want to use a pitching wedge because you want the sand wedge with that with the flange. Put it, rest it on the grass, on the fringe behind the ball, maybe even up in the air a little bit. And you take your normal putting stance, putting stroke, and you want the leading edge of the wedge to catch the ball right in the middle or maybe even a a little bit above the middle of the ball to promote a roll. If you try it with your putter, you might top it. You might hit it fat. So that's one of the things that the belly wedge can do. Now, you don't want to confuse this with the shot Mike was talking about earlier with your hybrid around the green. Because with your hybrid around the green, what you're trying to do is get that ball airborne a little bit. Right, Mike? I mean, you, you take that putting stance and you hit it and it's going to it's gonna come off and, and go on, on a little bit in the air, but then get the roll out. That's what you want with that hybrid. Yeah, absolutely. And, and you know, I wasn't familiar with the, the terminology that we, you were using. but It's almost like a skull I, I've been, wedge. Yeah, yeah, I've been hitting that shot for a long time. I'm really disappointed because I thought I invented <laughs> it, but I guess Lee Trevino uh, uh, did. But, yeah, I, I, the shot promotes a, a, a roll and not a bounce, whereas in you, when you're using the hybrids and you've seen, uh, I remember seeing uh, guys use fairway woods like seven woods, you're going to get a little bit of a bounce, uh, whereas in uh, this is just a, a real true roll, and uh, it's, it's, a, it's a fantastic way around the greens, and I, I use it quite a bit, actually. And it's not a bad putting drill. But no. before the round or whatever, and you, it promotes straight back, straight through consistency. But another thing you'll want to do is, it, is before a round, it wouldn't hurt you to hit this shot three or four times on the putting green because then you've done it, you've got some confidence, and if you get in the round in a position where you need it, you know you've done it an hour or so ago, and it's really not that hard a shot to pull off after you practice a little while, but it really gets keeps the ball on the ground. Fantastic putting drill. You're absolutely right, Tom, because – what it does is it really makes you concentrate and hold your hand steady and have a true pendulum. It reminds me a lot of, uh, and, and, and I can't think of the name of the, the putter trainer device, but it was, it was just a real small little face, and maybe it was called the stubby. But if you didn't hit that, thing, that putt just right, it would not roll properly. And this wedge uh, shot is the exact same way. If you don't hit it properly, it's going to just uh, uh, go squirt off to the right or squirt off to the left. But if you hit it just right, that thing will roll out and go straight in the hole. Great question, Tom Swacker, and I hope you learned something from that. It is a weapon that you can use, the belly wedge. Just practice it a little bit on the putting green before a round or, or when you're practicing, and it's amazing what that shot can do for you. But Tom, David, Gary, and John Hagelman, we are uh, glad you submitted those questions, and you'll be getting your Golf Better podcast app in the mail. Mike, time to give away some more stuff. We do it every episode, and courtesy of the – the folks at Titleist, we've got a dozen Pro V1X golf balls. I don't know if it gets a lot better than that. The Pro V1X golf balls, 
that we're going to give away to a lucky listener. We had a couple hundred entries. I'm going to let you call out the name. And our winner this for this uh, episode is? Uh, Craig Patterson in uh, Joplin, Missouri. So congratulations, Craig. We'll be getting uh, your Pro V1s out to you. And uh, thanks for listening. That is awesome. Craig, uh, congratulations. I know you'll love them. I'm not sure if it's as hot as Missouri as it is down here and on the East Coast. But uh, they compress real nicely in the heat. But the Pro V1X, great, great golf ball. Mike? It's been fun, and we got a lot happening around here. Got a lot of new stores opening up, not only in Sears stores, but also in the southeast. Yeah, we've been able to uh, get in uh, some some new locations in Macon, Georgia, and in Albany, and uh, Albany for all you in Georgia, in uh, Augusta, and uh, looks like Ocala, Florida is going to be opening up uh, this weekend. And uh, I know that we're uh, still out there shopping hard and, and looking for some places. Uh, and in your side of the business, on the purchasing side, we got a lot of good deals right now. There's a lot of nice time to buy things, a lot of neat stuff. Check our website because there's a lot of stuff that you worked hard with the vendors to negotiate, some pretty good deals. Yeah, this is always a great time of the year uh, to shop. Uh, the, the deals start uh, rolling out, and uh, we're uh, we're glad to uh, provide uh, the product and at the prices everybody wants. Yeah, and everybody, please check us on Facebook. Become a fan. We've also got some deals on Facebook, especially for new fans. Facebook.com forward slash Edwin Watts Golf. Follow us on Twitter. And, again, make sure you click on iTunes and get this feed automatically downloaded into your iPod. But Mike, it's been fun. Thanks for sitting in for Kenny. I hate not having him, but it's always great having you here with us. That's good, cool, pretty good questions. Yeah, absolutely. I always appreciate spending time with you, Tom, and uh, sure miss Kenny. Hope uh, hope all is well. And uh, spoke to him earlier and uh, said he was up for guests. So uh, I think I might swing out there uh, tomorrow and, and, and just peek my head in and say hello. That's great. And for all our listeners out there, thank you once again for listening. And join back in a couple weeks when we have a new British Open champion and we'll have a new exciting episode of Golf Better at edwinwattsgolf.com. So long, everyone.